Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the franchise business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we welcome back our returning guest, Angela Ferry Richards, who is the founder and director of Simply Helping In-Home Franchises. Listen as Angela delves into the resilience of the home care sector, how Simply Helping has been faring during 2020, and why in-home care is the ideal business opportunity for dedicated and intelligent individuals. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu from Eden Exchange. I'm joined by Ellen Rogers on our team today. Hello everyone. Our special guest today is Angela Fury Richards, who's the founder of the Simply Helping franchise. Look, we're excited to have her on today. She's going to talk about how Simply Helping is uniquely positioned in the market, both in what's going on with the economy at the moment, as well as as an exciting franchise opportunity. So thanks so much for joining us today, Angela. You're very welcome. Thank you, Raghu. Firstly, to our listeners, can you start with your current role in the business and what you do at Simply Helping? Yes, I can. Um, I'm actually the founder of Simply Helping and the director of Simply Helping Franchising Proprietary Limited. And what that entails is developing up the appropriate infrastructure, ensuring as much as possible that the culture of the company pervades throughout our franchisees and ultimately onto our staff, making sure that we are compliant with all the regulatory requirements that now pervades our industry, making sure that we provide the appropriate support and mentorship to our franchisees and, of course, to our staff. Now, with everything going on, how has the Simply Helping franchise been faring amidst the pandemic and circumstances of 2020? So how have your franchisee businesses been affected or have they been changed dramatically? I'm happy to say that we've had really minimal impact. As you'd be aware, Raghu, we are an essential service. And although we had certainly in the early days of the pandemic, March, April, we did have uh, some clients wishing to self-isolate. That didn't last terribly long, I might add. Most of them did come back into wanting the services to continue. So essentially, to be honest, we've had minimal impact. I know there have been, uh, with some franchises, they have stepped up to the plate probably over and above board and have provided and paid for a lot of additional supplies, PPE, etc. And they have seen, obviously, a slight increase there in their expenditure. Overall, their gross revenues, with a couple, probably dropped around about 10%, 15%, but now back up again. That didn't that drop didn't last for, for very, very long. And more importantly, it's it's one of those areas of service provision where you're you're never going to cease having potential clients, participants, whether they be people with disability or people in aged care, particularly. So. I guess to wrap it all up, minimal impact. Look, it's good to be in that very, I mean, while a lot of people are having a hard time, you, it's a very unique position you're in to be both helping people who need it as well as um, helping people who are um, growing business owners as well. Look, it's been noted that in Australia there's a significant number of um, COVID-19-related Debts among the elderly and most vulnerable compared to other demographics. Now, I know you, you 
firmly positioned uh, in that market. So how's this situation influenced your business model and practices as a care provider? Well, not a great deal because, as you'd be aware, most of those aged care cases, unfortunately, happened in residential settings, as in nursing homes, aged care homes, that type of thing, not in the individual home, which is where we operate. So there's been minimal uh, impact there. So how have you been supporting your franchisees this year with the change of restrictions and also the, the compliance requirements um, as a result of what's going on? Yeah, that, that's really been quite, a, quite an effort because often it, it's been a moving feast, really, and it's, we're in a pandemic with a disease that no one knew much about. So effectively, the requirements and the regulations often change, and I'm not joking, week in, week out. So what we've had to do is our national office have the responsibility of making sure we keep alert of every everything that comes out from government and the NDIS in relation to COVID. Uh, we then have to convert whatever new requirements there are into the appropriate format and get that out to our franchisees and out to our staff. And we have to ensure that our staff have been trained up as, or are as informed as possible. The other thing that has come about is the personal protective equipment, the PPE. Initially, there were real issues about trying to get hold of some of this PPE, but now the stocks from the national stockpile are there, so we can do that. Because the majority of clients, as in 99.99% of clients that we visit, do not have COVID. But we are required, of course, to go through a particular process to make sure that we can continue to provide a service to that person and continue to provide protection for our staff members. So there's a lot of additional paperwork, if you like, that needs to be undertaken by our staff. But for those that, with, that do have COVID, obviously there are the uh, PPE that required is... Um, is of a much higher standard. So, for example, the face masks. And it has been quite an arduous task for um, a couple of our people in national office that have been given the job of making sure that we don't miss any, any major advisements coming out and the costs associated accordingly. But that's really all we can do given the nature of the business that we're in. But And, of course, in amongst all of this, we are having to meet other compliance requirements through our, our quality and safety audits, which are not put on hold because of COVID. So I guess effectively in terms of the pressure on our franchisees, it has certainly been higher. There's no doubt about that. But everyone is, I think, coping quite well under the circumstances and we do provide quite a bit of support from the national office. So do you believe simply helping the business model was more or less ready for the pandemic, even before this became a known thing? So you were ready, you had basic protocols in place already? Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm, absolutely. We're required as a company in this sector by the Aged Care Quality and Safety Standards Commission and the NDIS Commission. There's quite a number of requirements. We have to go through formal audits by an external auditor and they I think at the moment we've had three franchisees so far this year that have gone through that audit in amongst all this pandemic 
and we've got another two happening, one this week and another in, two, in three weeks' time. And, yeah, and that's it. So in amongst all of this, yes, we have been well and truly ready. We've, we've always had in place the appropriate standards for what was required at that time, and there's no doubt that in the last 12 months the standards, I believe, have certainly firmed up and have increased, and we are, of course, required to meet those through our external audits, which happen on average every 18 months for our franchisees. Okay, and providing care for those in need is a profession that requires care and drive every day. Would you say perseverance and mindfulness would also be the needed traits for a potential franchisee? I, I think they're traits for anyone wanting to go into any sort of business, frankly. But I guess dealing with individuals, with people, that's uh, clients who are often very vulnerable and their families are often under a lot of stress and strain, I think uh, that definitely is important. But I think is what's also very important is having strong interpersonal skills. And in terms of the business, to have the ability to see the, the macro side of the business and not just the micro, which is so easy to fall into where you start working in the business rather than on the business. So I guess intelligence would be good. Initiative would be good. And, and by intelligence, I mean um, an economic type intelligence and a psychological intelligence, you know, um, being able to to work with a variety of individuals in a variety of settings can be a real bonus. There's no doubt about that. And I suppose from the point of view, any other franchisees, they have to be someone who is prepared to grow their system within an existing operating system and recognising that the franchisor and the franchise system, you know, have gone through evolution and will continue to do so and to adhere to the, the requirements as best as possible and to practice and encourage transparency with any form of communication would be extremely useful. And because you mentioned the different um, behavioural traits of a, of a franchisee, but the successful franchisees at Simply Helping come from a wide variety of backgrounds. Uh, do you think there's any particular attitude or uh, mindset that pushes them to be successful? And do you actively encourage this as the as the head franchisor? Well, yes. I mean, the ones that the ones that are doing extremely well are probably individuals who sort of have recognised almost from the outset the benefits of working within a franchise system, of growing a business within a franchise system, recognising the the support that is there from the national office. The ones that tend to get into a bit of a sticky problem are those that have this attitude that, well, I've learned what I need to learn now, I'll just do my own thing. And they're the ones that come unstuck, either through the, the growth of their business or legally. Sure. And, and the other side also, the people that you know, just come in saying, do everything for me, what's my guarantee? Look, there's, there's a fine line, isn't it, between... Oh, yeah, but the individuals we sort out fairly quickly, Raghu. We, we make it very clear to them, and this may be why it takes us a while to get decent franchisees, I don't know, but, you know, we make it very clear to them that it's a partnership, but it's not an equal partnership, if that makes sense. No, no, it does. So there's the, the system that has had years 
of experience and mistakes that have worked through to get it to the level where it is a system. So mm. the idea is that they got to willingly implement that while using their nuances as well. Well, absolutely. It's like anything. It's like it's like any relationship. You you have to keep the communication open. And if there's something within the system that you don't like or don't feel comfortable or feel that perhaps could be improved, I mean, the sensible thing to do is to bring it to everyone else's attention, right? So it can be looked at and looked at in terms of how it's going to impact upon across the whole system, not just how it's going to improve them. That's, that's often one of the biggest things, I think, is that people feel that if they offer a suggestion, it should be taken up immediately and they're not aware that from the head of the national office perspective is to look at how it's going to impact across the whole system, uh, the negative and the positives. And obviously if it's something that's going to work across the whole system in a positive manner, well, then certainly that will be looked at and no doubt instigated. Excellent. Now, you've often said, you know, you really want people to do their research or you know, coming into simply helping, taking that plunge, or even you know having a chat to you. You're often want people to take it to the next level and research some more. Any advice about what they should be looking at, where to look, and um, any key things they should really be brushing up on before taking that that next step? Well, yes, absolutely, um, and this is something we encourage the whole time to look up the general website, the simplyhelping.com.au website let alone look up the Simply Helping Franchising website where there's, you know, and in both areas there's a wealth of information as to the types of services, the sort of value system that we have, the sort of culture that we want to have, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It also provides, you know, a lot of information on the locations, existing locations by existing franchisees. So for anyone doing some research, want to get a feel for how some of the others are going, all they have to do is go and look up our locations and read what's on the landing page and things like that. There's a lot of stuff there, you know, to do the research. And one of the things we've found a little bit too is that I think during COVID more people have more time at home, so I think they just play around on the computer a lot more. Yes. But, but for those that do, though, ring and some conversation has or some discussion has started to happen, we do. We strongly encourage them before they bother coming back to us. Please go and look at our website, look at the industry, and then come back to us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not. I mean, I'm not their teacher. They have a responsibility if they're interested in getting into a sector to do some research. And what's the best part of your job, Angela? What drives you to do what you do? Oh, I, I love getting stressed and I love getting frustrated. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't be so facetious. I love pulling my hair out. No, and, that, and that's true. <laughs> oh, no, not loving it. I think probably the, the best part, what I, well, I love it. It, it. I love building a business that enables other individuals to succeed as well because even though we're still what I call an immature franchise, we've only got 14 franchises. So we're still relatively immature, I think, in you know when you consider us against some of the larger franchises. But to me, it's important to build it properly and to try and get as much as possible the best people for, for becoming part of the system. I think that's really, really important. I love that. I love that as a challenge. I am a very determined person and we've had some bunnies in our time in the system. 
We've had to deal with those, but we will deal with it. And I will not allow anyone to destroy what, what has been built so far because it's my responsibility to not only protect the existing franchisees' investment, but it's also to protect their future to some extent and also my future. So I like challenges. <laughs> and, and it's definitely backed by the um, you're talking about that to protect the franchisees and to help them thrive. Oh, it's yes, I've got an obligation to do that. They've entrusted their their energy, their money, their time into a you know into a business that I've said is very sustainable and profit making, and it is that. So it's my job to protect that. And if I happen to get some rogues within the system, then they they will be dealt with. No compassion. Absolutely. So for people, you can just sense how serious the system is, the structure and the potential from it. Are there any key trends you're seeing in the industry? Look, we have talked a bit about COVID, the pandemic, some of the demographic changes going on. In terms of the industry you have the expertise in, where do you see it heading over the next year or so? And in supplement to that, where do you see the simply helping business heading over the next one to three years? Well, in terms of trends, with regard, I think the NDIS will continue on. It's an extraordinarily expensive program, but it's one that has bipartisan support. So I think that will continue for as long as I can foresee, unless something major happens, like another world major recession or world war, then we might have some issues. So I think that's going to be an increasing trend. And that does provide for a lot of my franchisees the basis, if you like, because it is not difficult to become registered. We have to go through, as a company, of course, they will have to go through the audits and so forth. But that I can see as being a real benefit compared to a sole trader, for example, or an individual wishing to become registered because we, of course, have the insurances and so forth. And I think I've told the franchisees to hang in there because one of the issues was, well, why can sole traders not have to go through all this compliance requirement? And we do. And, you know, obviously there's a cost there. And I said, well, just give it time. I said, you'll find participants, which is what NDIS clients are called, you'll find participants will recognise the worth of, of working with a company that is fully compliant with all the safety policies, etc. So I think that there will be... The trend at the moment is we have a combination of company versus sole traders versus individuals. I think there's going to be a slight change in that and I think we're going to see over time more participants uh, coming under the fold, if you like, of quality companies. In relation to the other larger segment of the market, what we're seeing there is the government has been rather loath, although there's pressure mounting, to release more quickly funding for home care packages. There's quite a long waiting list at the moment of around, depending where you are within Australia, but anything between uh, 12 to 18 months. I can't see that changing too much, particularly with the economic impact of COVID at the moment on the government coffers. I think they'll probably keep that at a steady pace. So I think over the next 12 months that won't change, 12 months to yeah, three years, thereabouts, maybe longer. The other thing that's happening in that sector, and I think part of this is part of their strategy to slow the, uh, well, the reasons for, for slowing the release of funds, 
is that the Aged Care Quality and Safety Commission is making it extraordinarily difficult, deliberately, to uh, register new approved providers. They are arguing that there's enough providers in the system already. We'll wait and see what happens there because I think there's going to be more fallout from the Royal Commission into Aged Care, which, going to, which I think is going to have an impact on the in-home care support service, probably in a more positive way. In terms uh, of simply helping, um, we will be growing. We are growing. Each franchise is growing, I'm happy to say. The, in, the Simply Helping franchising system has been... Uh, growing by around about, I think, about 35 to 36% per annum overall. And each franchisee, um, I'm happy to say, are doing well. So that's that's very pleasing. Um, and that's something that we wish to ensure, um, that we have um, the support mentorship infrastructure to ensure that that continues to happen over, well, for the growth of the system, frankly. We would like to see more franchises come on board but in a, a controlled fashion. Because of everything else that's going on, we've, we've totally rejigged. We've, I've, you know, I've grown the, the, the national office from effectively what was three people up to an hour eight, of which all but one are full-time. So, and the, you know, so the roles and that are all, it, we, we, we're really setting up the infrastructure now to grow the system. We're also bringing in a totally new client management system for our franchisees, which will not only save them money, but it will be far more effective in terms of, and, and economical, in terms of how they run their businesses. It'll also be a marketing tool, which we'll be using at a, at a national level, but also they'll be able to use it as a local level. So there's some real positives there. So we want to see that happening in a controlled way. Well, that's about probably about it. I don't want five franchises next month, put it that way. We're not going to have the resources to do the inductions properly and so forth. But, you know, it would be nice to sell at this point maybe, I don't know, three or four a year. That's something we could manage and manage competently and allow the franchisees to feel comfortable as they grow into that into that business. Look, excellent stuff. Look, uh, Angela, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. We'd love to have you on again soon. Anyone interested, like we've mentioned a few times in this podcast, head to the Simply Helping website as well as the Simply Helping franchise website to do some thorough research on the business. Alternatively, put your name down. One of the team will be in touch with you ASAP to get started with the company. And this will be published soon across all our networks. So thank you again, Angela. Appreciate your time today. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Raghu. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Angela. Okay. Bye-bye. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we spoke to our returning guest, Angela Ferry Richards, who is the founder and director of Simply Helping in-home franchises. To find out more about Angela and the Simply Helping franchise, or to discover other episodes by Eden Exchanges, head to our networking website, businessbuyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes, or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling, and investing world. Thanks for listening.